The year is 1978. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club, where we cover all of Marvel's history from its origins to today. I'm Zach, the comic book newbie, and today I am joined by Dave, who, because of Dave, I've needed to childproof my own my whole house in case he comes and visits. Wow, yeah, that's, uh, I, uh, that's quite the dedication for a well, a possible East Coast trip for for the Busing family here. Yeah, well, I heard. I heard from your wife that you keep mm-hmm. sticking your fingers into the electrical sockets because you read the Corvax saga and you want uh, you want to become a god. Well, I've been trying to get that that little something extra in my life. You know, everybody's looking for self improvement, and I've found via the Corvax saga that we're going to talk about today, Marvel's 1978 comics, that all this like working out and dieting, like mm-hmm. it might be a lot easier. But yes, she has foiled me with all these little plastic outlet covers. You know. Um, so yep. yeah, I may need to, she I don't know where else they have electrical socket so except for them. houses of people I know. So I'm going to have to I mean, come visit. Galactus's ship. Yeah. Galactus, <laughs> Galactus is a big, uh, he hates solar power, refuses to use it, even though he's out in space all the time. Um, and he, he loves running electricity. Uh, was a big, he was a big, um, Tesla guy, but, but then he, you know, he saw the Edison light. I don't think it's that surprising that like uh, Galactus would be an Elon Musk fan. You know, he he. Oh, uh, that'd be a little surprising. Fit the type. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I feel like Elon Musk would uh, eat the planet if. Uh, I could see Musk coming in with some hot uh, pro Galactus takes. Mm, I could see that. Yeah, like a big yeah, a big week on Twitter that. would be. Ooh, Musk said that he is for Galactus eating Earth, and here's why. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would come to Galactus's defense if there was ever a trial. Oh, that's a little foreshadowing and a little yeah. burn. I don't know if I appreciate. Anywho, I'm love Dave. The, oh no, I you're love along the trial. with Zach. Don't I'm know me. I'm excited for the trial. It's years away. I know. Spoiler ridden. Fantastic Four spoilers. It's not really a trial of Galactus. It's a story that's uh, that's coming in Fantastic Four. Today we're going to be talking about 1978 comics. Uh, you can find all the reading lists for the show so you can read along with us in the show notes or you can go on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. Again, we're talking 1978 Marvel Comics. This is part one. As Zach alluded to, the biggest story we're doing today is the Korvac saga. And then from there, we're going to go into the debut of Power Man and Iron Fist, a Marvel team-up. Devil Dinosaur and Machine Man, some Jack Kirby, the final, uh, I think the final Jack Kirby at Marvel Books we're going to do. And boy, boy, howdy, have we pushed the limits <laughs> of of Kirby comics. And, uh, and then we're going to do one of the underrated gems of this entire list. We're going to save that mm, for what, last. What's that? It's the last comic we're going to read, Zach. I don't want to spoil it because we want people okay. to stick around. So I got so mad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, before we jump in, I kind of mm-hmm. want to talk like real briefly about where we're at in the club. 1978, I feel like we kind of peaked a little bit in, I don't know, 75, 76. Sure, a right. Touch. And I feel like things are leveling out a little bit. Like, I feel like we're we're moving back down into something of a lull. We're like, things aren't bad. 
Oh, I think it's I think it's a definite lull. I I do not disagree but, with that at all. I remember feeling that the first time I went through this as well. It's interesting. Someone in the club brought up, you know, it was just like we have this boom boom of excitement in the Silver Age, where like all these big ideas, and like right around 1965 to 67 or so, it feels like everyone's really peaking all at once, mm. and then it kind of goes in a lull for a while, and then you get this big wave of fresh voices in the 70s, and everything feels like new and fresh exciting and now it's starting to like die down a little bit and pretty soon we're gonna get again another big explosion because like early 80s is an excellent time for marvel comics yeah what is it i mean claremont claremont and burn i think are the only two who are like going to drastically improve from where they're at now everybody else kind of just like treads water until they're replaced it feels like that uh, revitalization of the whole of Marvel Comics needs to happen from like just hiring new writers, which is kind of an interesting thing to look at instead of, you know, writers just like getting better and better as they go on. Like Claremont is definitely going to get better and better. Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. We're starting to see some of those names come into the picture here um, in 78 who are going to become bigger deals. For example, Roger Stern. We see editing. We see David Michelini. Uh, he's taken over Iron Man around this time, and he's scripting uh, a handful of these Avengers Korvac saga issues. So mm, we're seeing okay. some names that are going to write and and produce very good comics. Oh, Jim comics. Shooter. I mean, Jim Shooter comes into the... the picture here hard. Yeah. We actually see over the course of the Korvac saga, him go from um, the Avengers writer to editor-in-chief of Marvel, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. a position he will hold through, like, the glory days of the 80s. And obviously there's... 90... Like to ninety two or something, like no, for a not while, that long. right? No, I'm not that long because Valiant I'll, launches I'll before then. Um, I think, but yeah, he's going to be editor in chief for a good long time. He's got a a somewhat controversial reign, I suppose. Um, I think you know definitely there are creators who look back and he was a tough editor in chief to work with. I think at the best of times, but I think if you look at it from a when I look at it from a fan perspective, the comics under his reign are very very good. Like, there's a high quality to the line that yeah. I think, you know, like, that is tends to be what I judge an editor-in-chief by is what is the, like, the mid-level quality. Like, what's the average quality level? And throughout his run, it's quite high. So it's an interesting era that we're entering. Shooter is a, a big personality in comics. And Korvac Saga is one of the biggest Marvel stories he'll write. I guess one of the most um, beloved, for sure. That he actually like produces, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, he was fired in 1987. His Wikipedia okay. page says. Yeah. So, uh, and apparently because he was very difficult to work for. I don't know how true that is. That's the, the real quick quick overview. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a million like undeniably classic runs here that he's going to oversee. Um, there's also a bunch of real controversial stuff that we'll probably get into over the years that we're we're going to talk about. Uh, yeah, interesting guy. Yeah, he's a creator who has made some very bad decisions. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. as well. Um, we're going to see hints of that. I think in Korvac Saga, you see hints of the things that he loves that I'm quite into. And then you see hints of the things that he loves doing that are very, very bad <laughs> by today's standards. Um, but let's let's talk about the comic. Yeah, itself. I want you to point those out because I, I don't think I know him well enough to know like what his tropes are, you know? Yeah, I yeah, it's sort of themes that I've seen um, in, in some stuff that's coming, and, and actually some of his Valiant comics work because he uh, he's the guy who launches Valiant in the '90s right. along with yes. some other creators, and and that's where he sort of like 
it was kind of okay i'm fired from marvel i'm gonna do this superhero thing right in in like what is a crazy ambition but also i i love the ambition of being like yeah we're gonna do a new superhero line we're gonna do it better than marvel and dc but this I mean, isn't my not, valiant but year. like valiant is valiant is so interesting valiant is like the start of any Valiant, so you have Valiant in the 90s kicks off, and then you have Valiant in 2013 or something when they relaunched again. Um, yeah. Maybe it was 14. They uh, The start of those books are always fascinating, and they tend to be quite good. But again, that's not what we're talking about here. Maybe we'll do yeah. my Valiant year if, uh, if we well, go hey, running did you, long Well, uh, hey, Sony's about to start trying to do a Valiant cinematic universe. You know that? I did know that. They're launching yeah, yeah, with Blood, Bloodshot. Bloodshot and then Harbinger. I've always liked Harbinger a little bit more than Bloodshot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bloodshot trailer looks okay. I don't know. I'd be into uh, another, you know, MCU getting some competition. It wouldn't be the worst thing. It definitely yeah. would not be the worst thing. All right, so let's start out here. The Korvac Sarger mm-hmm. starts with yep, Thor Annual number 6. And I thought this was terrible. I was so upset when mm-hmm. I finished this issue and I saw there were eight more to go in this saga. Did you, um, is that why you requested it be added to the list? Because of yeah, so how this hard is time a time you had reading it? I don't remember this. Can you, can you fill me in on this? Like, tell me, remind me. Uh, I don't remember asked any me of this. To add like, it. Why? <laughs> what do you mean I it. asked you to add it? Like, you I said, just hey, do you want to add, it? Thor Annual 6 has been added. I see that's part of the Korvac saga. Do you want to add it? And uh, I said, okay. sure. If okay. you insist in such aggressive terms, I will add okay. it. Okay. <laughs> So I added it. Hoist, I, you know, I actually, I hadn't read it. Or no, I had, I but I curated it out um, of the original list because I was like, ah, oh, you don't really need that. I actually enjoyed reading it as part of the Korvac saga this time. Yeah. Because it, it, it gives you how, it gives you how much Korvac changes from his, like, his debut and this sort of the intended role of being a Cosmic mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy villain. And again, you right. know, we're talking 70s original Guardians of the Galaxy here. And then what Shooter, Perez, and company turn him into in Korvac Saga, which is like night and day. They are very different, preposterously very different, yeah. different villains. You know, they're the same in name only. So Thor Annual 6, really what happens is Thor is warped into uh, the future. He teams up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they fight Korvac and his little gang of minions. Korvac here. Zach, how would you describe Korvac? As as he stands in this issue, he's a uh, who? Um, God, what's that guy's name? Um, the the guy from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Krang, right? Does Krang, it... yeah, no, yeah, Krang. yeah, Krang. It's a little bit like I mean, it doesn't look like Krang, but you know, it's like bottom half is all machine. Mm-hmm. Krang has that big like floaty chair thing. I don't know. That is not a good. Comparison. Yeah, he's like he's like a cyborg. Um, you know, well, in he's a chair. guy who just like got experimented on by the Badoon. And uh, and his bottom half is replaced with machinery. Yeah, so he just has like a hover car for legs, uh, and that's kind of it. I don't, I couldn't remember. I don't, I couldn't tell you what else is going on with him. The only thing I could tell about this issue is that you get that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy moment that we see in Infinity War of Thor floating through space and the Guardians of the Galaxy bumping into his like frozen body and saving him. Yeah, which is pretty wild. Is a, <laughs> that yeah, got picked a, what up. What a weird reference. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it definitely a, an interesting thing to have translated. Um, the issue is it's all prelude. I mean, as Thor stories go, There's, it's pretty boring. Uh, it's it's a very by the numbers. There's nothing to it. It's, it's so there's no tension. There's no jokes. There's no interesting concept here. It's one of these comics where I'm just like, what? What were you trying to do? 
because I don't even see what you were trying to do and failed at doing. There's just nothing here. It's just, yeah, very boring. Yeah, all I can but, see it trying to do is build up Korvac for future use in, in Guardians of the Galaxy stories that uh, Roger Stern would be telling, but that didn't happen. Instead, Jim Shooter decided he wanted to use Korvac in the pages of Avengers. So that's where we see him like, next in Avengers 170 to 170. Anyone else but Car- Korvac? Why isn't this anyone else? What do you mean? I, I mean, why did they like choose Korvac? Why didn't they just make this, I don't know, the stranger or a man? <laughs> like literally any Joe Schmo who like stumbled across these powers. Yeah. Right. I it, it just there's no reason it had to be Korvac. Like there's not it, it's, necessarily. It, it, it makes it as much make, sense as any just about any other like it, thrown away villain, I guess. It probably would have made more sense if he was actually a human being, right? Because there's all this stuff about how like he's concerned about the human race and that he has this like hesitation. He's actually trying to like I don't know, he he has this kind of like empathy. So for I humans. guess here here's the answer. You can't do if you want to do a Guardians team up, he makes the most sense. So if you want to bring the Guardians of the Galaxy into the story, it makes sense to use a villain that they've faced before. And, you know, mm-hmm. they have familiarity with Thor and some of these characters. So that that works. It also sure. makes sense to do Korvac because the story, his story in this is about becoming a god and wrestling with god powers. And yep. it doesn't that doesn't really work if you do the stranger or the collector who we'll see here because yeah, they already yeah. know that. They already know that. Yeah, I guess it could have been it should have just been a human being who got these powers instead. It could have I, been I the Grey Gargoyle, the the French <laughs> Iron right, Man villain. Yeah, sure, or, uh, but that wouldn't that be a person the... from the future who's got some mystery to them. The, the Molecule Man could have just been Molecule Man. Right? It always like, could have been Molecule Man. I mean, Mo- yeah, yeah. Molecule Man will be a Jim Shooter favorite, which is so. That's the thing that I was going to touch on here, which Korvac touches on. Shooter loves the all powerful becoming a god type character. He does okay. this again and again. He does it here with Korvac. This is the story of Michael as he starts going by. So Korvac, at the end of the Thor annual, he travels back in time to uh, the you know present day with the Avengers. And he essentially is ascending to godhood through these powers he's accumulated. <laughs> oh, he, how does he accumulate those powers again? Can you remind me? That's a little bit of a shock. A little bit of a, a, little bit of a time travel shock one gets. Um, yeah, it's not... He, so he... What is it? He winds up on Galactus's ship. Uh huh. He just gets zapped to Galactus's ship. Yeah. Galactus is not home at the time, which is the best time to visit his ship. I would say. Yep. And he literally just plugs himself into the wall, like his you know hover chair has a big prong. Yeah. And he's you know it fits perfectly in Galactus's wall hole, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and it just for whatever reason, if you stick your prong in Galactus's wall hole, you become a god. Like yeah. on par with Eternity, Odin, and uh, you know Mephisto, right? Like it is very strange. There's yeah, no and, particular reason. Why. And Korvac, so he does this absurd thing, and he gains these powers, and then his main focus becomes making himself a vi- invisible to all of the powered cosmic entities of the Marvel universe. Like he doesn't want yep. them to be able to uncover him. It's a Which little kind of cool. It is I cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it's a little like. It's a little hard to take in, but it's also, it sets Korvac above a lot of those characters, which is impressive. Yeah. And we've yeah, really like only seen like, like Thanos do so far. He's just this like, because he goes and lives in suburbia with the collector's daughter, married to the collector's daughter, who he Yeah, the collector's daughter's a spy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and she tries to, I don't know, start a romance with Michael. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we get our first like full on sex scene in Marvel with the two of them. 
where like they're they're having sex and like glimpsing each other's minds and it's I don't know it's a little uncomfortable it's it's a little like I don't I don't know these people I don't I don't need to I don't need to be seeing this yeah it's definitely uh, some of the more descriptive like oh they're definitely doing it uh language that we've seen in Marvel to this well, I mean, point in time imagery I mean you can you can tell what's going on explicitly Dave. Well, I closed my eyes when I read this page. I was, <laughs> I was a little bashful about it, so I couldn't. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. It, it definitely. So that's going on. You asked your wife to, to put little post-it notes over any uh, instance of nudity. Yeah, right. No, to, my tablet was covered, covered in post-its every time I turned it. Um, but yeah, so like Michael is he's gaining these powers. <laughs> he's um, he's extremely powerful and he wants to come to Earth to to put his plan into motion so that his future plans can succeed. I think, right? It's 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 convoluted at best. I, and it's like really not that complicated. I don't exactly know. It's something like he has an issue with eternity and like doesn't want to follow eternity's plans for the universe. He wants to bad. be the big god. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't know. I kind of uh, don't it's like it's it's one of those stories where I kind of don't care what he's trying to do so much yeah. as it's all just building to the inevitable confrontation between himself, the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know? Yeah, so let's talk about all this all this build up because I think despite so this is something people in the Slack were complaining about the Korvac saga, saga last night. The Korvac saga mm-hmm. uh because they were saying it's like How know, do you say the Brian K. Vaughn Fiona Staples series? So Sogo? Sogo? Well, so, so cuz some people say it's Saga and like, I'm like is that really? is that a, like an accent thing or is that like I mean, oh this one's pronounced Saga and cuz I just call it Saga. Yeah, of course, it's Saga. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, right. unless well, you're from like the deep south. Deep I mean, south? Kind of sound Yeah. I thought that sounded sound east like coast. Like, saga. Did oh, okay. you see the socks last awesome. night? I read some Saga wash the socks. <laughs> that's pretty good. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 that's good. Um God, I lost my train of thought. Uh, okay, so after the Thor issue, I was really bummed out and mad that I had to read all these Avengers. And then I pretty much enjoyed all of this. Uh, yeah, right. People in the Slack were saying, they didn't like this because it's all this buildup. It's about a year's worth of buildup. We don't even read everything that is building to the end of this. There's a few more issues before this that you right. could technically read. Right. Uh, you know, and it builds up and it's kind of like, oh, what is ultimately going on? Not much. This is an interesting and a bigger picture kind of way. I don't know if anything we've read besides Jungle Action and Warlock has actually done that period in Marvel so far. Like, done what? Paid off. Paid off in a big arc, right? Like that this is a six part satisfying arc from start oh, Captain to finish Marvel. That, like Captain Marvel. The Thanos. Oh, yes, yes, Thanos yes. War. Yeah. So Jim, Jim Starlin and Jungle Action are the people who can do that so far. Who have like closed the loop on a on yeah, like a year long exactly. saga? Like this might be enjoyable. Okay, because I'm saying I think this was actually enjoyable issue by issue. But like I would never say that the Korvac saga. I wouldn't even call this the Korvac saga. I don't know why this is famous because it's not a particularly strong like long form arc, right? I think the individual issues are strong and interesting in and of themselves. But like I would never say that like yeah, it's this great build up to this you know, and it culminates in this perfect you know this perfect climax that really wraps everything up and the buildup was worth it. I don't know. Yeah, but- it's definitely, I mean, the connective tissue through all this is is the mystery of Michael Korvac. Um, I mean, the mystery and whatever's is going on in his suburban home. That's the, that's the big mystery that, like, is the most interesting is Avengers keep popping out of space. So, like, <laughs> first, everybody's favorite Avenger that everybody knows and history will always remember and we're just waiting for a solo movie, Two Gun. Two Gun Kid, baby. Yep. He vanishes, and that brings Hawkeye to the East Coast, and then Captain America, and 
Jandros? Jin- Jakarta? What's her name? The... <laughs> Jacosta? Jacosta. Have you been playing Star uh, Fox a... lately? Is that... Jandros? Is that... It's Andros. Andros. Sure. Fool. Uh, Jacosta... Jacosta New. Isn't you just got so arrogant in your Star Fox knowledge. I love it. Uh, Jacosta's yeah, New. Well, that's the Bride of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, we, re- we read those. Yeah. Jocasta, Quicksilver, they all start vanishing. That's kind of interesting. They just pop out of existence. Mm-hmm. It's really freaking out the Avengers. Uh, and it's the Collector. The Collector's actually trying to save them from Korvac's ultimate plan. I mean, he's well, I mean, for his own purposes. He, is, right, yeah, he likes yeah, collecting right. things. So we haven't seen, uh, you know, the Collector like this before. He is a cosmic entity who loves collecting things. Uh, he's a little bit like, you know, DC's Brainiac, where, you know, he's bottling up civilizations the collector just does that with items and people and in i don't know wildlife and all sorts of things uh issue 174 of avengers is the big uh collector reveal and it's got um it's jim shooter bill mantlo writing pencils here david wenzel and i love this issue because it's the best hawkeye's avengers issue i think I of all time fight was pretty boring but yeah hawkeye is pretty funny that like he takes down collector with like a shock arrow to the face and like because collector takes out all the avengers yeah, the the yeah, situation yeah. is lost if not for Clint, who fights back against this cosmic entity, who like runs screaming from his net arrows. <laughs> like cannot he just took down <laughs> Thor, but he can't handle Hawkeye. It's awesome. Um I, I really like this issue. And then it really goes into kind of Korvac overdrive, I would say, yeah. from there. I, I will mention here up front too, the first couple issues of this are penciled by George Perez. And yes, they look good. awesome. And Perez yep. has been on Avengers here and there for a bit. Um, it loses him. I think losing him through the arc is a bummer. I had forgotten that he was yeah. out after yeah, a couple yeah. issues, and it definitely doesn't help things. Uh, but it, that said, I mean, the point of the story just becomes like Korvac versus all these people. It's the big thing with Korvac is he wants to become God. The Avengers cannot beat him, really. I mean, he's you know? killing them one at a time, right? Like, that's yeah. the thing is, like, he's just d- one punch man, one punch manning each one of these ki- heroes and, like, yeah. killing them one at a time until his wife doubts him and he feels that doubt and it gives them an opening to, like, destroy him. I can't remember who it is who, like, Thor blasts him with his hammer as he has a moment of doubt. Uh, And then, like, in his moment of doubt, he's like, no, wait, I'm I'm actually good. And he brings everyone back to life. That's that's and not super far removed from from what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think the payoff here's not great. I yeah. I've never been a big Korvac saga fan, I suppose. Um it's a little bit like Kreeskrawl War, which we talked about way back in probably well, 72. Okay, the, th- the difference is like I liked reading each of these issues because Jim Shooter and then whoever else was writing gets the character voices, I think very well. Yeah. Like everyone seemed very much like their own character. There's lots of interesting dynamics going on. Everybody absolutely hates Beast, and it's so funny. Like, yeah, it's Bouncing Blue Beast here. So this is, I don't know how much we've talked about Goofy Beast, yeah. you know, yeah. as an Avenger. Um, but I mean, he's, it's, it's, he's not going to be with the Avengers for too much longer, and he's kind of obnoxious. Like, he's a jokester and a prankster, and he never well, takes anything serious. Sometimes he's not even that bad, and people are just like, Beast, will you just shut up and take things seriously for a second? And yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, oh, I think he's kind of funny. Like, I like this yeah. version of Beast. Um, yeah, I think this But the Avengers do not really have time for him, which he's is very kind of interesting, I guess. Like, they've never been a joking team, you know, at this yeah. point. They're a very yeah, yeah. self-serious team. I mean, like, but it's just like, it's a constant parade of people telling Beast to shut up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a very funny through line. But yeah, we Iron should Man, mention, we should mention the roster. Of, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, there's 15 of them. 
I counted at one team. point when they all team up. There's 15 Avengers now. It's this such a big team fight. that this is where Peter, uh, what is it? Peter Henry Gyrick shows up and tells them your team's too big. <laughs> Scale it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which I. Oh no, no. He's he revokes their uh, their privileges. From like, that's right. The, they start getting in UN trouble Security Council with or the law. Yeah. Yeah. They he like takes away their flight privileges he like removes their ability to make phone calls <laughs> like they have to take a bus to the suburbs because they don't have uh they can't take a jet anymore mm-hmm. which is pretty funny um yeah it's like let me see we've got moon dragon captain america iron man beast quicksilver black panther scarlet witch miss marvel comes in and helps out for a while for a while yeah. simon williamson wonder man uh who else am i missing hawkeye um vision yep jacosta wasp uh, wasps around Hank yeah, Pym's around. Yeah, I mean, it's yep, basically, if you've big. seen them as an Avenger at this point, they're probably here. Um, yep, and then some, and then you throw Hulk. in the Guardians, the original oh, Guardians Thor. crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I just, like, I cannot get interested in the Guardians at this point. Like, they're all just, they're really dull to me. I don't know. Nothing, uh, nothing about them, like, grabs my attention one bit at this point. I kind of, I kind of like these characters. I think the moments I've liked them the most are in the 90s, actually. When they mm-hmm. get a solo series, um, and it runs for a decent chunk, are probably actually my favorite like OG Guardian stuff. But I mean, there's kind of a reason they fade into into the background here. They really never get they never get that '70s run. That's like, oh, this is the this is the Guardians you got to read. I mean, it's the it's the big reason why until they were really resurrected and revived um, in 2008. That even you know by 2014 movie, everybody was like. Marvel cannot do this. Why are they bringing in this obscure team? Yeah. You know? Uh, but yeah, Corvax Saga, big picture. I'd be curious to hear those who really love it, what you love about it. What I kind of got into saying was, this is this is the thing that Jim Shooter will keep doing in stories, is is those ascending to godhood. Um, he does it in Corvax Saga. He does it with Molecule Man. He does it with the Beyonder. Um, and then, you know, he does it in, uh, in the pages of Solar, Man of the Atom which is a really fun, underrated Valiant comic series. But, like, he really likes writing sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say confusing, but, like, not... (laughs) He loves to write a confusing story. Yeah, well, he does, but it's, like, celestial, it's, like, celestial thinking, I guess. You You kind of feel like he has some kind of, like, big philosophical underpinning, but also is not doing a good job explaining what he's talking about. Kinda. Kinda, yes. Like it's either over your head or it's over everyone's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think like we didn't understand what's going on with Korvac. I think it is poorly explained. Like mm-hmm. not, it is not well well uh, laid out. The um, other thing that is consistent wait, wait, I, with Shooter. Oh, or go, you on, go say? on. Well, I was well, going to say just, the other thing that's consistent is not good writing for female characters. I mean, we see this here oh, pretty sure, strongly. Yeah. Like the love interest of. Korvac is, I don't know, kind of like, kind of like a victim of his, but sure, also she right. loves him. I mean, he writes very I mean, she's literally yeah. a kidnapped. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna see this pretty soon. But yeah, he writes victimized a, a women victim. as falling in love with their with their, I don't know, like attackers. Captor, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Um, and and he's got a a history of doing that a bit. So that stuff's less tasteful. It's not as strong. It's not as bad in Korvac Saga as, yeah, as the worst instance worse. of it. Yeah. Hawkeye yeah. Hawkeye is actually not too bad. At one point. He uh he fires an arrow at Scarlet Witch, who's upset the vision is missing, and the arrow goes poof and a bouquet of flowers comes out. Yeah, <laughs> I think the the reformation smooth. of Hawkeye here is is awesome, honestly. Like here he becomes it's like he went away for a while and got some sensitivity. Training. Well, they they just they toned him down like forty percent. 
Like, he still kind of feels like the same, like, ladies' man. He's still flirting with people, but it is not, like, so aggressive and Mm -hmm. clearly unwanted. Yeah, no, like, he seems now, now he feels like an experienced Avenger, um, but also like an experienced teammate. Like, he knows, like, he cares about people, and you can tell. Like, he's a a good friend to Wanda because of what they've been through. And then, you know, like I said, there's the cool action sequence where he's the one to take down the Collector. So, yeah, it's a a good Hawkeye Black Panther has a secret identity in America, and his name is, like, Lucas... What is it? Luke Charles. Yeah, Luke Charles, which is way too close to Luke Cage. Like, very strange to name, I don't know, both of your black characters. The two that you have. Re- oh, no, I guess Sam Wilson also. But two of the three, their names like... Because Luke... I thought At first, I thought it was Luke Cage because I was like, Luke Charles, that must be the pseudonym for Luke Cage. And I was like, they're just drawing him a little differently. It would be much funnier if Black Panther's uh, fake American alter ego was just Luke Cage. That would be <laughs> yeah, hilarious, right. actually. Uh, okay, so I was gonna say you were talking about Jim Shooter's like propensity for writing these uh these big you know godlike men. Yeah, listen close because I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little praise to Secret Wars here mm-hmm. preemptively. I really like how Molecule Man is written in Secret Wars. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, but that is something that I like. That that is the most interesting way to write a godlike character like that because yeah. he's he, Molecule Man's been around for a while, um, and he's just generally like I'm an I'm an evil villain with all-encompassing powers and then they have to have some like deus ex machina to get them out of it which is dumb and he finds an interesting way to make him fallible so i look forward to that being the one nice thing i say about secret wars when it comes up (laughs) yeah i think it's a good point and i think when you put that in contrast to korvac there's no personality to korvac yeah there's no Mm. real interesting motivation like it is i've heard korvac referenced as a possible mcu phase four villain and it's like the work that would need to go into revamping him to make him interesting is substantial like he's not he is not yeah an why interesting, would you want that he's an interesting concept he is not an interesting villain um yeah. so you know by the time this story's done it's like good <laughs> the corvac saga is done so al ewing has a connection to corvac they right cousins by on the mom's side <laughs> well you were talking about you wanted to invite him on this episode or you did invite him mm-hmm. and he was like hell no I yeah. want to be on your backwater podcast. Yeah, so the first, uh, not the first, but uh, Al Ewing rejected us. He said, my Marvelous Year is for bums. So, hacks. Yep. Uh, hacks and bums. Um, hacked up bums. So, ew. we, ew, yeah, ew. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> um, but anyway, he couldn't make it with schedule. But yeah, he's yeah. been teasing oh, he some nice. Korvac-y stuff for 2020. Um, so, if you're reading Weird. current comics, okay. you know, Korvac is still on the minds of the the godhead of millions of Marvel, of Marvel creators. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, 50 years later and people just can't can't seem to shake Korvac. And the world is rife with Korvac. <laughs> um okay. So, that moves us into Power Man 48 and 49 transitioning into Power Man and Iron Fist number 50. I kind of like when they do that like yeah. update a series title but then keep the numbering. I think things starting out with number one again is for crumb bums. And you yeah, be ashamed of yourself if you do it. I appreciate I appreciate that they Dave. just retitle it and keep. Well, I do every every um new post that I put on Comic Book Herald is is the number one. I'm <laughs> number trying to get to capture that number one magic <laughs> of first of its kind posting. It's, and they all just say in bold letters, "collector's item." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I should start doing variant covers. Really start rolling these things out. Uh, but no, that's not what they do here. It's Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Continuing on through the series, and hey, guess who meets? Uh, Luke Cage and Danny Rand, and it's a lot of fun. Colleen I really Wing. like 
this team coming together. We got Misty Knight. We got Colleen Wing. We got their lawyer, Hogarth. Um, if you've watched any of the Netflix Marvel, you know, including Luke Cage and Iron Fist, like no. a lot of the character names here are going to be pretty familiar in some, frankly, surprising ways. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually didn't okay. realize until I read these issues, you know, after the fact that, like, uh, Claire Temple, Rosario Dawson's character, is Luke Cage's girlfriend in these issues. And, like, so yeah, she's a minor briefly. supporting character here. Um, that they that they made something else in the Netflix series, but yeah, these issues are good. Like Luke and Danny do the classic, "Hey, we're gonna fight" because it's a misunderstanding thing in the early going. Well, okay, so Luke Cage bursts into Iron Fist's apartment, yeah. on a rampage, and then just like he's kind of a horror movie, like slasher movie villain, chasing Colleen Wing through the apartment, like yeah. bursting down doors. And I think he's looking for Misty, right? He like, is demanding she uh, tell him where Misty is. Yeah, so it's just one of these stupid things where they don't talk for four pages until they do. Actually, he breaks her arm. <laughs> he, like, throws a bookshelf on top of her. He breaks Colleen's arm? Yeah, like, Luke's, it's hard. So the rationale for Luke's behavior is yeah. pretty good, actually. I think, Um, so he's threatened here and blackmailed by Bushmaster, the villain, yep. into grabbing, into capturing Misty Knight for him. And he yes. said, you know, Bushmaster says, if you don't capture Misty Knight, uh, maybe kill her. Actually, I think it might be what he tells him. Um, I think you know, I will yeah. kill your girlfriend or those who you your love, girlfriend right? and the doctor who you like, <laughs> the doctor who turned you into Luke Cage, who he's still friends with, despite the fact that the guy experimented on him in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, he, he blackmails Luke into doing this, but Luke Luke really takes it on. Uh, he takes it up a notch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Like he comes in hot, and yeah, he's not messing around. He breaks Colleen's Colleen arm. Wing. So Colleen Wing calls him a buck. Did you get that? No. Yeah, that's a kind of a nasty racial slur. Uh, Is it? And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like an old black buck. It's like a stereotype for like you know, big, strong black man, like specifically like work in the fields, like big oh. buck. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a pretty noted bad phrase that like David Duke uses. <laughs> um, Yuck. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's very strange. It's like seems very uh, weird for Chris Claremont to be tossing that out like casually. She just says it like that must be the buck that you know Misty Knight mentioned or something, and yeah, no good, no yeah. good, Chris Claremont. Yeah, thumbs um, down on that one. So Chris Claremont and John Byrne on these. Yeah, I think these are generally pretty enjoyable. I think I'm curious. I, okay, so I don't think the action is very good in either of these, which kind of stinks. What about the part where Danny uses the fighters. iron fist on Luke and he punches his shirt off as Luke goes flying <laughs> through buildings? Because that was fun. Yeah, that's good. There, there's a few like moments of interesting concepts during the action, right? Like I think, uh, like doesn't someone open up fire on Iron Fist and he like has to dodge all the bullets? There's like something like that, or maybe yeah. He, yeah. There, I mean, there's the amazing moment where Misty Knight tries to execute somebody that she thinks killed her partner, her police partner, right? Uh, and Luke Cage leaps in front and grabs the bullet right before it hits the guy. Which is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, but I think like. As far as hand-to-hand action scenes go, it's all pretty dull. It's all pretty standard stuff where it's like you don't really know what's going on except like a punch in this panel and a kick in this panel. Yeah. They're they're jumping in this panel. I'm wondering, do you think that this is John Byrne not really knowing how to compose an action comic? Or do you think this is Chris Claremont not writing in the room for there to be action like, you know, like pages of action to breathe? Hmm. Because I was reading it and I'm like, I'm curious what causes this. Like they're having... You know, three pages of action here. There's a fight scene that's, you know, three, five pages long. None of it's interesting. None of it is visually interesting. Whose fault? That's an interesting question because I think Claremont and Byrne, obviously pretty famously on X-Men, are going to deliver very good storytelling. Yep. Um, 
and then is I mean, inclusive I think of action. I think Byrne yeah. on Fantastic Four is obviously an artist that many love and regard on on that title. Um, and then there's like one or two Alpha Flight fans as well. I couldn't say for sure how good the action is there. So I I don't know that it's that he doesn't know how to do it. I think that I just would be say, uh, what there's an issue of Alpha Flight that has <laughs> the most riveting action scene. Yeah. I have read Marvel comics like when I was doing the My Marvelous Year mm-hmm. up to that point. That is six pages of complete white. It is completely white. He didn't draw anything because it's during a snowstorm. And it is the coolest action scene. And my heart my heart rate increased reading it. Yeah. So good. And so you probably go to hell, mister. So probably he doesn't know how to draw them. And that's why he uses <laughs> yeah, the cover yeah, of Yeah, that's snowstorm. not actually... My, my, uh, my point here is not a, not a good defense of yeah. what I'm saying. No, I think, um, I think you raised the point. And it's probably a mixture of both. It's probably like, I don't think the creative team here has quite figured out, like, what does a cool Power Man and Iron Fist comic look like? I mean, if you compare it I'm, to, like, Master of Work or Master of Kung Fu work that we've read so far, yeah, yeah, that's yes. a book that understands what action should look like in in its, t- like, to match its tone. And I you don't need, think they've You need pages without text. And that's something that Claremont does not do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? like, I mean, that's, like, maybe he's not a writer pages, suited to it. Yeah. Yeah, the action pages are full of dialogue, right? And it's like, maybe he just doesn't have space to do this because... He needs to, you know, he needs to leave room for the dialogue here. Yeah. And I think, too, like both these guys are pretty soon on their way out of the Power Man and Iron Fist train. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a if there's a bit of like this is our third book, you know, like they've done a lot of work together. Probably their attentions are pretty focused on X-Men at this yeah. point. You know, I, I, that's I don't know. That's conjecture. Like, I don't sure. know. That's that's slanderous libel. Potentially, but uh, but uh, anyway, oh, anyway, speak, speaking speaking of which, I did peek, I did peek at the next issue, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist 51, mm-hmm. and Mike Zek takes over on the art, and I mm-hmm. think it is excellent. I don't know if it's better action, but like just glancing through it, the uh, the artwork on this picks up for me. Yeah, I love, uh, I love Mike Zek, he's a new creator that yeah, will be coming okay, along cool. as well. Cool, cool. Um, let's let's do our interlude here. I think this is a good place to do it. So, okay. I, I was thinking, um, we would launch, I think it would be good to have a gimmick that people want to listen to each week right like so uh idea i had was what will you spend your patreon dollars on dave and we say increasingly stupid things that are funny um what if we just said real things oh, okay like uh like comics we like my, or things my we son is sick buy. and i desperately what, need medicine for let's him. get really real yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's people love that yeah we just got uh i lost my job i lost my health insurance my son he's quite sick uh, I recorded him coughing. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for the funds, everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, guys. I mean, we Dave can... and Zach here. We wanted to say a quick thank you. And guess what? We're going to tease a couple things. But we're also going to tell you what we use the funds for and make a couple recommendations. So if you go on over to patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear, you can find ways to help support the show and keep us podcasting keep us uh, up and running as we go through the history of the Marvel Universe and beyond. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, all right, Dave. <laughs> so we're going to we're gonna actually do like serious things. You want, you want, that's, that's not a bad idea. We could turn this into a, somewhat of a small recommendation corner, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People liked that when we did that before. I decided not to do it anymore, but. Sure. Uh, okay. What did you spend your Patreon money this week, Dave? So, Patreon funds this week for me were used uh, after expenses to buy comic books, 
to go see Joker, <laughs> which I saw for the first time, discounted. Oh yeah, discount all right. Let's, Tuesday let's talk nights. about that then. Tell me, okay. tell me about Joker. What was your experience like with Joker? So I went and saw Joker, and I was I was slugging some brews as one does yeah, in the theater, and uh, it was fine. It was fine. Listen, yeah, I don't want to say I spent yeah. the money foolishly, but I kind of I had tempered my expectations. I sort of just thought like I don't know. I could I could wait. But no, I'll go see it. You know, I run a comic book site. I can, I can go see this movie and talk about it. I don't, I don't have any super hot takes. It was fine. I, did, I just, I didn't love it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never wanted a Joker origin movie. I don't, I don't like that idea. It's like Solo. Like I didn't want a Solo origin movie. So best case, the movie can be fine for me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, performance. I, I basically, yeah, that's all I've really heard. Like everything I've heard. Good performance. Uh, pretty uninteresting otherwise you know what i will say there's one way the movie could have been good Uh that i would have really liked and is if they had played more with the unreliable narrator aspect of the joker because that's a thing i like about joker origins if you're gonna tease it have it be mysterious and is this even real and is this even happening i actually like that stuff with the character um they do that really well in everything from like the dark knight movie to like joker endgame in the new 52 so that's how I used Patreon funds. Thanks, everybody. This week, I used my Patreon funds to buy asthma medicine for my poor sick cat. Aww. He's wheezing. Yeah, and we have to uh, we have to give him an inhaler now because uh, we can't keep him on steroids. Cause Cats get inhalers? Yeah, we used to give him steroids for it, but it's going to turn him into a diabetic. So, uh, oh, my like gosh. Term steroid use. So, yep, we are. Wait, how long has he been on steroids? <sighs> and how far can he hit now? a baseball? <laughs> he is a pretty beefy cat yeah um yeah uh training him to use the inhaler he does not like it mm. but we're making progress we're that sounds a lot of very a lot tricky. of treats and uh wrapping him up in a blanket and uh it's pretty pathetic but without your patreon money my cat would die of asthma <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much everybody um, thanks here, everybody i'm gonna back to the I'm gonna, show i'm gonna no, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna record a little bit of him wheezing and coughing and insert it right now. Okay. If you don't give me money on Patreon. This is what you're doing to this poor sweet cat. Oh, now we're getting increasingly threatening. Uh, back to the show, <laughs> please. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for your Patreon back, and we really appreciate it. We have, uh, I mean, we just recently hit the five hundred dollar hundred patron uh, landmark. Both those landmarks, which is incredible and just like very very humbling. Um. And also, we're going to start our My Ultimate Year soon. Um, we may have already put it out by now. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff over there you can check out. The Slack channel is excellent. I send out weekly updates that are sometimes on time and sometimes not. Just remember that I didn't send one out this week. Um, but I will do that as soon as we're done recording. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Back to the show. So... Back the to next, the show, Dave. <laughs> the next two comics we read, Marvel Team-Up 65 and 66. And action! Speaking of Chris Claremont and John Byrne, they're back again. They're doing Marvel Team-Up 2. I, I do think doing the late 70s thing, it's like, it's surprising how much Claremont and Byrne are working together, actually. I felt like everything but we everything but Avengers, no, it's not true at all, because Devil Dinosaur and Machine Man. But yes, Claremont's all over the place. Claremont is just like, he's like the Roy Thomas of you know, 1969. Like and knowing how much you don't like Roy Thomas, that's I'm I'm skeptical about that claim. I like him slightly more. Just slightly? Thomas. That's well, harsh, you know what? man. But besides X-Men, Chris Claremont has not done much for me. Like, I think he's capable 
everywhere but X. Well, <laughs> yeah, capable everywhere but X Men and capable on X Men. If that if he wasn't I writing, I don't know how to say if that. he wasn't writing X Men and we didn't know X Men was gonna be the best thing forever. Yes, I don't know that we look at him beyond like a pretty ser- serviceable to good on some stuff. Like it wouldn't yeah. be a stellar yeah, yeah, reputation sure. just from this just era. Like, just like Roy Thomas, where I'm just like, ah, he's pretty wordy sometimes, but. You know, he also can write a good story. Yeah, but uh, but I don't love it. Like, so I think yeah. these issues, these two issues, are quite fun. Actually, what did you think? Oh, sorry, I had to crack my neck. Um, yeah, Zach just dislocated his head. Um, you were talking about basket full of heads before the show. I just saw one just rolled off your ugh. shoulder. Thanks for that visual. Ooh, uh, I thought these are good. Um, okay, well, no, I thought sixty five was good. Okay, let's break it down before I tell you what I don't like about it. So sixty five. You're backtracking is... so hard on your own praise. Yeah, I know I am. 65 is Marvel team up, Spider-Man and somebody, right? Uh, and this is Spider-Man and Captain Britain. In his first U.S. appearance. His first U.S. appearance. He has been in a UK, Marvel UK comic for quite some time. He has yeah. had like upwards of 25 issues in the UK at this point, which is very strange. But uh, I guess it wasn't doing particularly well, so they canceled it. They turned it into like a black and white mag, canceled it. Now he's like being brought into US comics. I think his costume's pretty bad here and it's going to get better later when he just turns into like a Union Jack. Yeah, Captain Britain um, is Brian Braddock and yep. he is He's... from England, unsurprisingly. He it, I'm fascinated by Marvel UK as this like weird touchstone in Marvel history that frequently yeah, that we're doesn't going to release in one country. Right, like it's not what? even on Marvel Unlimited. Well, well that's well, why I find like... it fascinating. Like anything off of MU, anything you know, it feels like this sort of secret catalog of stories. And Chris Claremont actually wrote a lot of those Marvel UK um, Captain Britain stories. Brian Braddock's going to be a name once we get around to like Excalibur in the late '80s. Uh, Braddock is the last name to remember, but his powers are explained here in Marvel <laughs> yes. Team Up number sixty-five. Very British. Essentially, he is cast into this sort of other world where he meets Merlin, the wizard. So it's very Arthurian legend. Uh, I think is Roma. Roma's there as well. I think. I don't and, think they're named actually. But, are yeah. they unnamed? Well, it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be them, Roma and Merlin. And basically, they're like, hey, you can have a dope sword or an amulet. What do you want to use? And yep. he's like, uh, the amulet. I'm a scholar. I mean, he he keeps telling them like he's a very I'm smart. Uh, I'm a yeah. scholar though. Right, right. He's a smart, scholarly guy. He picks the amulet, and then he becomes sort of the protector of England, Captain Britain. But here he is visiting the States. Peter Parker comes onto the scene as his, uh, what is it, like tour guide, basically? He gets, no, no, uh, what's his name? Braddock. What's his first name? Brian. Brian. Brian Braddock gets foisted upon Peter Parker as his new roommate as part of, uh, like, like he goes into a- Oh, like foreign exchange student, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, A professor's just like- yeah, you signed a form saying you would take a foreign exchange student, and Peter's like, did I? And he's like, yep, here's your foreign exchange student. You have yeah. no choice in the matter. Your apartment's big enough. He gets paid to and, do uh, it, though. And then, yeah, and then immediately, Brian moves in, and Peter Parker leaves the apartment as Spider-Man, and Brian walks into the room as, like, Spider-Man is going out the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, Peter's so bad at this. I like, this, this is just one of these things where it's like, just to maintain the illusion, everybody is a complete idiot, because, uh... You know, Brian Braddock sees Spider-Man on the windowsill is just like, huh, what did he do with Peter Parker? Where's Peter Parker? He must have kidnapped him and put him somewhere and then come back. Like, and just it never once crosses his mind that it's Peter Parker. Um, They have a fight and it's, you know, it's fine. I don't know. I think this is pretty well composed generally. Like the writing is pretty sharp. I like Spider-Man. Chris Claremont writes a good Spider-Man. I like the hook, Um, too, of 
he does write a good Spider-Man. I like the hook too of instead of a team up where they're just like traveling through the neighborhood and meet up that this is a, it feels like a Spider-Man Peter Parker story, you know? Yeah. Like it feels yes, like, yes. like, oh, he's got to take on a roommate and it, oh, it happens to be this guy who's also Captain Britain. Like it doesn't feel as, as much of a, well, we got to do a team up. You know, it feels like there's some grounding to it. Well, yeah, it's not like, hey, who's that guy flying up there? I'm going to punch him. Find yeah. out what he's about. Yeah, and then they quite. fight and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then at the end of this, we, we've been cutting to, there's like a, a shadowy group that the Magia is putting Magia, a hit huh? Out. Yeah. I go Magia. Magia. Okay. Yeah. I mean, either way, it's a bad word. Like, I don't like saying that word or reading it. Like, like it's offensive or you just don't like the word? No, no. <laughs> it's offensive. I just think it's, it's just like a kind of an awkward word that doesn't sound like, hey, hey we're part of the Magia. I mean, it's like, the, it's it's the Marvel Mafia. No, I know, and it's just like just use mafia or I don't know the crime syndicate or something. It's that's a different it. DC thing. I hate it. That is why I hate issue number sixty six. Is because wow. the word magia makes me wince a little bit. Well, that's a really Bad good reason issue. to dislike an Let's entire issue. On. An issue that contains the appearance of Arcade, that yep, white murder world, tux yeah, so- wearing, bow tie wearing, red haired master of the trap, master yeah, of so the, the evil magia trap. Mudgie hires him to assassinate what they say is one of 20 potential people who may be Captain Britain. Take They're them like, all out. We're just going to kill. Take them to a whacking place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, one of the classic whacking places. Just get, um, uh, just get Captain Britain in, uh, in the whacking place, you know? Then Cabin you do, Hero. Then you build, a, you build asked... a funny toilet. You know, you do what you do, arcade, okay? Did you see that Heaven Hero was asking in the Slack, like, so what do I do? Do I, I poison people with hot sauce but why did they go to the bathroom to get killed then i don't really so what zach's zach's talking about here is one of our newest from the variant cover my marvelous year shared universe creations is the hobbit hero and you'll have to go back and listen to my marvelous year variant 76 to hear his full story and i would yeah. say very very oh, well yeah, everything details it, everything will be illuminated if you just listen to that like probably just listen again times. if there's anything you think you missed yeah um okay so this is what i don't like is that well, you haven't told Arcade us what you do like. The... Arcade. Oh, I mean, I just like this 65, the general, like, it's just a fun Spider-Man issue. Do you yes. like pinball machines of death? Right. So, Arcade, <laughs> his name is Arcade. Arcade puts him in a giant pinball machine. They're like the balls floating around a pinball machine. And it's like, he kind of puts them through this amusement park of death thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I think this is perfectly well-written, fun, comic booky nonsense that I don't like. So, this is this is me admitting I don't like this. But, like, if this tickles your funny bone, I think this is probably very well written if you like this kind of thing. It's just not for me. So, I like Arcade's gimmick. I yeah, think he's I, fun. I don't. I think I always dislike Arcade when he shows up. Like, I, I really tried to. I was just like, because I knew this was coming. I've read this before and disliked it before. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? Like, just try to loosen up and, like, enjoy it for what it is. And it's like, just, you know, this is very big, broad, dumb, comic booky fun. And then I read it and I was like, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. It's like, it's just too silly. I don't know. You definitely um, have to embrace your goofier side if you are going to enjoy arcade yeah. stories. Uh, yeah. Because so I, I he's an really assassin who uses, criticism. you know, theme parks. Uh, it's not for everyone to like yeah, fun yeah, things. This is, this is totally like, I think, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I just don't like fun or like laughter yeah. and enjoyment. Um, right, right. So, we should get a little more yeah, serious. But, yeah, no, I, I think this is totally fine. I think it probably is, I think it's well written and everything's fine about it and I just don't like it. So. Well, the good news is the next three issues are very serious and there will oh, be no yeah. laughs. Devil Dinosaur, number one. <laughs> 
God. Okay, you know what's wild is Jack Kirby at this point is like 62. Yeah. And a man who's like 62 and he's just like, man, I really, I got a blank check here. I can, I can really write the series I want. Yeah. I'm going to write a dinosaur, a monkey riding a dinosaur. That's what I want. Like, yeah. I think that's just so strange to me. I mean, I, I like someone appreciate that he's just like trying to do something new and fresh. But it's just also baffling. Like he is following his own muse in the purest sense. Like there is no, yeah, there is yeah, no yeah. hint that anything no outside of his own this. mind yeah. and his imagination. Right, exactly. Like there are there are no less cynical comics than seventies Kirby Marvel. This is just him doing comics the way he knows to and creating things the, that he kind of in the way that he always has. And I got to tell you, reading both these issues was like kind of painfully boring. Um, you know, like I don't, I, I like machine man as a character is sorta, I guess, I guess there's one specific story that I like shouts to next wave. Um, but Aaron stack machine man is going to be a guy who's been around devil dinosaur has a resurgence moon girl and devil dinosaur and in all ages. Yeah, series, I've heard that like, series is really good, right? Well, and it, you know, it's kind of interesting reading devil dinosaur 78 as it knowing what we know now about what the series has become because I, mean, I don't know what, what a great all ages concept for the time even like it's not yeah, written as sure. an all ages book yeah, yeah. but you know i shared this out on the cbh feeds like the splashes of dinosaurs that's literally what my young son looks for in comics yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. if i, I just I showed him that, that he'd be like this is the best comic you know yeah yeah i was thinking that like this is it's very simple storytelling uh it actually i mean it doesn't even feel like his 60s stuff it feels like his 40s stuff. Like, it feels very, very simplistic mm. and just, like, it's a caveman versus a dinosaur, and, like, they're mean to a dinosaur, and then he gets a friend, and then he helps the friend fight some more monkeys, and it's, yeah. like, it's very, very simple, and it's very just, like, bright and colorful, and here's a lot of monsters, and, like, it feels out of the golden age, out of his golden age work to me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm just, definitely done. Like, I'm done. With with Jack Kirby comics at this point in time, we've read enough of them. Um, if it's not New Gods stuff, like I don't really want more of it uh, at this point in time. I'd be very I mean, curious to hear from people who are like, I like, love Devil Dinosaur. You know, captures. like I just I love it. You love De- Devil Dinosaur? I thought you just no, no. I'd be curious to hear from people who feel that way. Oh, oh, oh! But I mean, I thought uh, I thought people really like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. It's got like forty issues, right? Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's strong. that's it's that's weird. Newer. It's like. There's so many series. I'm that, talking like, about yeah. this comic. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so is there anything after this that's a Jack Kirby comic that you like? For Marvel? Is there anything? Period. Uh, I think, I mean, he probably hasn't written Hunger Dogs yet. What? Hunger Dogs is... Oh, Hunger the... Dogs. I heard Hunger Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Kirby's just like, yeah, what's my next project? Hunger Dogs. New Gods, Hunger Dogs. Wait, Hunger Dogs is that a adaptation of the um the Watership Down author book? I mean, it has to be, right? The uh the guy who wrote Watership Down wrote a novel called Hunger Hunger Dogs. You know, Zach, you're you're talking about books that don't have pictures, and yeah. I've told you how I feel well, there, about that. There's before. an anim- there's a cartoon movie, so you could watch that. Okay, well, send me a link, and I will read that book via animated movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds anyway. So does he do like anything? He, uh, he does the art for Destroyer Duck. Which is uh, Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby comic Destroyer Duck? That one's worth checking out. But I mean, otherwise, I'm not a big enough Kirby file to know what his 80s looks like. He does some DC stuff. I know that. 
I mean, he's getting old for uh, you know for the comics world. Like even oh, his career is absolutely incredible. Like let us restate the fact that he's here in 1978, having created Captain America in 1941, and he's out here like, hey, what about Devil Dinosaur? I mean, (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) I know it is funny. I mean, it's just like the idea of Marvel Comics, the office right now, which literally everybody. Like, all the writers we were talking about, we just talked about their ages. They're all under 30 right now. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, a 62-year-old man just, like, in the corner. What are you working on? Dinosaurs. <laughs> Riding <laughs> yeah. a dino comic. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's absolutely incredible. I, I love Kirby. But, yeah. you know, at this point in Marvel history, I'm ready for the new stuff. For sure. So, what what, what did you make of Machine Man, if anything? Because uh, this, yeah. this one was not on the list um, originally because it wasn't in Marvel Unlimited. I mean, I guess I'm glad we read it so that when he pops up later, I'll like be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. But uh, no, I mean, there's not really much like he's what like a boy or machine who was raised as a boy. And I liked his uh, his ladder arms, I guess. Um, now, when did Inspector Gadget yep. come out? Because I was getting big Inspector Gadget vibes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I have to actually look that up. I do. I'm going to look it up. 1983. Damn it. The, Damn it. The animated series. So this beat. So. Kirby started Inspector Gadget, too. Mm, yeah, that does feel like they ripped it off, yeah. Right? Yep. So, uh, that's all we have to say about it. It's a ripoff of Inspector Gadget. Yeah, I I, mean, I kind of hated this comic, honestly. I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't hate it. I, was I don't know. I, death. It went down pretty quick, but like I'm glad we read one. I mean, so Machine Man, he's he was raised by a scientist who like rescued him when a bunch of other AI robots being destroyed and he's like i'm a robot but i'm also a man with a conscience and i want my constitutional rights <laughs> like he literally talks about his like all i want is the same rights that the constitution bestows on any other man you know in that so, regard it is ahead of its time in terms of like ai and robots you know like no, sentient life Don't. i mean it's behind Isaac asimov but it's it's ahead of dan slot's current arc on iron man you know what i'm saying okay yeah, no, I don't, because I don't I mean, I read a damn plot comic. <laughs> but also, like, I mean, yeah, this is pretty well-worn territory by 1970. Should Alexa like, have constitutional rights? We have to wonder. God, One I just has got to an Alexa, ask. and it is so boring. I have no idea what to do with this thing. Have you played Jeopardy yet? That was my favorite thing to do with it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'll try that. Like, just play trivia? Do a little daily okay. Jeopardy with the wife. That's fun. Honestly, like, I only set timers with it. That's the only interesting thing to do with this stupid thing. I don't know what else. Like, Well, it's I, watching. It's listening to you all the time. So It does. And it also, it's like, doing sometimes some interesting goes, things with your information. Doo-doo. And I don't know why. <laughs> like, just every, like, two or three hours it goes, doo-doo. And I'm well, that's like, a little warning that it's getting smarter. <laughs> a few times I've said, Alexa, what was that? And it will say something like, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no answer to Without that. incriminating myself. right yeah i am firmly convinced that we are like six to eight months away from a huge alexa privacy issue breaking out in the news and it being like a big story cycle i'm convinced that we are six to eight months away from uh alexa's just becoming her from the movie her and that i am going to enter into a passionate sexual relationship with my alexa that is so not hard to imagine. But before she, <laughs> <laughs> before she dumps me. Uh, yeah, right. Broken up about it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked her. Her was a good movie. But, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Movie. Also, also definitely would get dumped by my voice assistant. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's all the comics we read today. Stop it. Part Stop it. We got the much. best we left. See you next year. All right. I guess I'm recording this one solo. Zach just walked out of the room dramatically. They Middle fingers in the air. You. Middle <laughs> fingers held high. We read 
Thor number 269. This was a comic that was not on the original list, but guess what I saw okay, so on the cover? You... Thor versus the taller god. Pilot turds. The tallest god we know. The return of Stiltman, <laughs> Wilbur Day. You... So you wrote that on the spreadsheet, right? You write a little note next to a lot of these about like mm-hmm. the issue mm-hmm. description, and you wrote god versus taller god. Yeah. And I thought it was some joke that he was going to be fighting like... I don't know, Mephisto or Zeus or something like sure, someone sure. who is just like 10 feet tall. Uh, I didn't understand what you're doing. So I literally didn't know what I was getting into until I clicked on the issue and opened it up. Raised B. Yeah. Raised B. Um, this issue is really fun. God. What did you think? Yeah, it's it's fine. I'm, I don't hate it. Wait, uh, you mispronounced fun. Yeah. No, it's it's good. Um, I think the thing is like I literally, ben you know, goofing aside, Stiltman is just a dumb concept right like it is fundamentally a dumb idea because a jetpack is everything that he can do but better right like you put on armor in a jetpack and then you don't have to be like so top heavy right? like you know oh dave just covered his camera uh okay oh sorry i was i was just pushing the mute button what are you saying yeah uh there yeah it's fine it's honestly it's okay first for a stilt man issue this might be the Best Stiltman. There was that Stiltman one we read where he goes to Hollywood. Oh, that was Daredevil and Stiltman. What did you like was... more? Stiltman as as blackmailed, superpowered fighting a god, or Stiltman as master of disguise? Um I mean I like him better on stilts, because like if he's not on stilts, then what's the point, I guess, right? Like <laughs> he's just the chameleon. Um Yeah. Yeah, right. this one he's all supercharged by Blastar for some reason. <laughs> That was he a gets, weird reveal at the end of this. It's a it's a really weird comic. So Stiltman gets kidnapped, abducted, and which is surprising that he was taken by surprise, I would say. Um, but basically they're like, you need to do this thing for us. We're gonna soup up your armor. You're gonna be the most powerful you've ever been. So this is the most dangerous Stiltman we've ever seen. And dangerous to the point that because I think a lot of people would look at Thor versus Stiltman, are you kidding me? Like this fight's gonna last 12 seconds. Why would this be a comic? Whose uh-huh. idea was this? And to them, I say, clearly you have not seen Thor 269 armor Stiltman because he is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Wouldn't I feel like say? he he goes and steals some something from a helicopter. I don't know what it is, but he just gasses everybody in the helicopter and then walks out and he's like, oh, the pilots are falling unconscious. Time to make my escape. <laughs> just yeah. lets the helicopter and a very cool panel of Thor catching the helicopter by its nose and like slamming into the ground and like catching it that was that was like the standout panel of this issue for me um yeah yeah props to that you know what is uh little else well so speaking of the art you know what is actually like surprisingly relevant (laughs) about this comic is it's written by len ween big comics guy but uh pencils here by walt simonson who is going to go on to become (laughs) yeah it's going to go on to become the the greatest thor writer artist of all time so like some very early simonson work even catch here even better than jason aaron Oh, I like Simpsons much more. Yeah, I, I think Jason really? Aaron okay. is competing. He's his whole run is competing for trying to be the second best Thor run. Like there's, okay. Okay. there's, and I like Jason Aaron's Thor a lot, a lot, a lot. So a what, lot. what is second? What is second if not Jason Aaron? Then what do you think he was? Sur- I mean, Lee Kirby, probably in my book. Oh, okay, interesting. So I like yeah, I'd go eighties, eighties so. Simpson, Lee Kirby, um, then probably Aaron's. Actually, at this point, I'd say I like Aaron's more. At this point, I would. And then some of it's just, you know, that's those are the comics that I was of an age to read. You know, the, the sure, Lee Kirby right. stuff I'm yeah. going back yeah, yeah. to check yeah, yeah. out. Uh, fourth is really hard to say. 
Um, I need to do some 90s, 2000s. Yeah, let's Dan do Jurgen all 15 Thor. right now. <laughs> yeah, let's go through. <laughs> that sounds fun, right? your top 15 Thor runs. Right no, now. no, no. We'll stay on 78. Uh, the issue, it, it does get into Blastar territory, shockingly, like out of nowhere. Only um, in the last page, really. Like, Blastar yeah. behind it for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, mean Stillman kind of gets cheated. That, yeah, I, you know? I don't want to talk about Stillman anymore. The more interesting stuff is that. Yeah, his armor uh, stops Thor... working at the behest of the organization that gave it to him. So they kind of undercut, you know, they cut his legs out from under him, if you will. Thor wins. Wilbur goes to Donald jail. Blake stuff here. We're like, so I don't know if we've talked about it. Thor and Donald Blake are the same person that has been established for like four or five years now for a while. I don't yeah, know if I've mentioned right. it on the show, but like it's revealed that like Donald Blake was basically like Thor being punished by Odin and sent back in time or sent to Earth with his memory wiped. So it's interesting now that he, like, understands that he is fully Donald Blake and Donald Blake is him, but also he uses Donald Blake as kind of an escape, which I think is uh, kind of interesting. Like, you know, when you're tired of the Thor life and you want a little bit of the limp life, you just tap, tap a tap of that cane. I'm doing an advertisement now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are selling My Marvelous Canes. You limp can find life. those over on patreon.com slash My Marvelous Canes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that part's kind of interesting. Um I like Thor. He's a uh, he's a handsome boy. He uh, flies. <laughs> right, he's got stop. a good hammer. You have nothing else to say. <laughs> um, I like how people call him Goldilocks on the street, <laughs> like newspaper yeah. men. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, he buys a newspaper at the beginning of this issue. We're talking about this for a while. I don't know why anymore. Anywho, thanks yep. for listening, everybody. This has been yeah, 1978 Part One. You can find the comics that are coming up for 78 Part 2 in the reading list. We are going to be hitting that good on Kenny X-Men next round. Um, we're going to hit some of the bigger titles next round. But I think, you know, Zach's point here is 78 is a bit of a lull. I think 79 continues, you know, we're like, things are trending back. And then by the time we get to the 80s again, then we start really getting the heat of like, ooh, what's new? What's good? Um, so it's uh, it's an interesting time in Marvel, but I think we are we are trying to get to that good good stuff so if you have uh, ideas also, thoughts questions uh, go on, go on. about the list you can write to us at my marvelous year at gmail.com what are you gonna say so uh when this is coming out december 2nd uh we are coming up on christmas and hooray wonderful time of the year and i love christmas i don't know about you dave i'm a big mm-hmm. christmas boy you're a bigger christmas boy than i am i would say okay okay fair enough um what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So we're uh, in lieu of putting out the, the week of Christmas. Uh, one of our episodes is coming out on the 23rd. We figured we're going to give everybody kind of a week off and we're going to do a Christmas special where we kind of talk about the year in comics, everything from like our favorite, everything we've covered in our first year of My Marvelous Year. Uh, so kind of big year end recap of 60s, 70s, the comics of 2019, etc. Kind of just a big, uh, I don't know, big year end celebration. Uh, we're going to be recording that on the 18th, so if you want to start prepping your thoughts, we don't want to give people plenty of time, because I think it would be fun to get like more than our usual two or three emails here. Um, just want to let people know you've got a couple weeks to get your emails in to here at gmail.com for uh, kind of anything you want to talk about. Um, the uh, the comics, the experience of being in the club, whatever, we'd, uh, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That'll be a fun one to do for sure. My yep. Marvelous Year music is brought to you by Disaster Peace. Thank you, Disaster Peace, for the tunes. Uh, what else? What else should we share? Anything good? Anything interesting? You can go on over to compocarol.com for some good writing and content that I do over there. Zach, where can people find you? I mean, you can write to me on the Twitter. 
Just write to Twitter. Wait. Just go ahead and post, and Zach will see it. I do it name search a given every every three to four hours. Yeah, we should clarify too, and I should probably start doing this up top. Uh, all my marvelous year social is Zach. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when the my marvelous year Twitter account is yelling at the comic book Herald Twitter account, and they're arguing back and forth, uh, you you've liked to make the analogy of Edward Norton and Fight Club. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. the image that this gives to people. Definitely, um, some people have thought that's what's happening. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So, I mean, you can you can shoot me a tweet there. I'm on the Facebook page, or just email, or the Slack if you're a Patreon backer. Um, yeah. All right, I think that's gonna do it. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for your support, and we will see you next year. See you next year. Uh-huh.